So the life participation approach is finding ways to engage in life, engage in those activities that that bring you joy and bring you fulfillment while also having aphasia. And Lingraphica is based off of this model. Aphasia Recovery Connection is based off of this model. Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Living with aphasia is hard. Caregiving is hard. You are not alone. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So, put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Good morning, everybody. Genevieve Richardson with the Life Speech Pathology Show. And I am so excited. It's been a couple of months in the making because of timing to introduce you to Allie Reed. She is a speech pathologist working for virtual connections through the Lingraphica company. And she also serves as program coordinator for Aphasia Recovery Connection. So we're going to talk all things support, virtual connection, speech pathology, and aphasia. Let's bring in Allie. Here we go. Good morning, Allie. Thank Good you for morning. joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, so excited to share what you do at Virtual Connections. Yes, it's but first, before we get into that, you and I met at, a, I can see it, but I can't say it, Aphasia Access. There you go. Yes. And you had a poster presentation. Can you tell me a little bit? So for those of you that haven't been to a speech pathology conference, there are often what are called poster presentations. And the author puts together this poster that explains the research what the question was, the results, and, you know, the key takeaways. Can you tell us a little bit about what your project was about and those outcomes? Absolutely. So last year we did a survey with Virtual Connections members, and we basically asked them, you know, how is this program impacting your life? Has it made a difference in your confidence, in your motivation for your recovery? What about hope? Those were the three main questions we asked. And what we found was our program is showing an increase in confidence, motivation, and hope for our members pretty much universally, which is really incredible that participating in this can have such a profound impact on our members. Awesome. Love that. So let's define what is virtual, what are virtual connections? Yes. So Virtual Connections is a collaborative program between Lingraphica and Aphasia Recovery Connection. And we provide daily virtual support groups and conversation groups for people with aphasia and their care partners seven days a week, 365 days a year. Wow. And I've looked at the schedule. Mm -hmm. There are so many topics. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes. And I think that's one of my favorite things about our program is, you know, we have some sessions that you might expect for an aphasia conversation platform. Like we have a book club and we have some music sessions. We have some sessions on coping and emotion, but then we also have some really fun stuff. We've got yoga, we've got cooking, we've got, you know, some, some random stuff like sewing and, you know, you name it, we've got it. You just had a special about travel. We did. Yes. Yes. In June, this was one of our aphasia awareness initiatives and we did something called the world tour. So for 10 days, all of our sessions were focused on different countries and we ended up traveling to over 30 countries around the world. All of our facilitators did an amazing job hosting these sessions and taking our members with aphasia to different countries and cultures and just showing them the world. So it was, it was a great event and we are planning another one in September. Virtual connections. What does it cost to join this support group and community? Great question. It is absolutely free. We do not charge for membership or for attendance in any of the sessions. Are there, how many people can participate on a particular topic or meeting? And I assume it's like a Zoom meeting. It is. Yep. Our platform is through Zoom. And, you know, the session attendance varies from session to session. Some of our sessions get to be 50, 60, 70 people at a time, which is great. And then we have smaller, more intimate sessions that have maybe eight or 10. So it really just depends on the topic. But we do have over 4,000 members worldwide. So it's really great. Yeah, it's really great to be able to meet people from all over the country and all over the world. And the times of day. I also appreciate that you have some that are early in the morning and later in the evening. You have weekends. So wherever you are, wherever you have aphasia, you can probably find something to attend. Exactly. And that's our point. You know, we really want to try and offer sessions for our international callers as well. We know that our care partners sometimes still work during the day. So we offer evening sessions for them. There's really something for everybody. And I'm very happy that we can provide that. You, which ones are you primarily providing? I have quite a few. Yeah, I have quite a few. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I do, I do open chat sessions, which are really just, just that, you know, come and and we'll figure out what we want to talk about together. You can bring your, your topics and we can all chat along together. I do a running club, which is really fun. What? Yes. So so this is one of my favorite sessions. Don't tell my other sessions, but um, we have a group of people with aphasia who also like to run or walk or exercise in any way. And we get together and we talk about that. We talk about being healthy and doing fitness activities. We just all completed a virtual race together. What? So yeah, it's it's really fun. And there's so many different, you know, there's the opportunities are limitless, really. We can just do so much now on online. So that's been a, a great session. Talk to us. So it might be a little confusing to some of our listeners. How do you do a virtual race? Yes, yes. So the way that a virtual race works is you register for a race that we pick online and they send you a t-shirt and a medal, but you don't actually have to run the race 
together. You run it in your area. So we ran from Virginia and New Mexico and Delaware and Illinois and all over the country running the same race, but independently. And how do you run the same race? Is it like a distance or time or... I'm having a hard, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this. I mean, but it's, that's, what's really cool about what you're providing. Yeah. It's really unique. Yeah. Yeah. It is a a set distance. Okay. So it's a set distance and you do it within a certain time frame. like between Monday and Friday, you run a certain distance. Exactly. Yeah. So we picked a day and by this day you need to have run your race. So it doesn't matter if you do it you know, you can walk it, you can run it, you can bike it, you can separate it out. So we had one member who did, it was a three mile race. She did one mile for three days, which is totally fine too. And, and we just get together and talk about our experience and cheer each other on. And it's just, it's a great, great group. Okay. So let's go back to the groups you host the running race. Yes. What else? So I did quite a few world tour sessions. We traveled to Israel and Russia and Turkey, all virtually, of course. I do a newbies session where I facilitate a session for people who have had aphasia for two years or less. Ah. Great session. Lots of great conversation there for those early on their journey. Let's see. Oh, I do a couple session, which is another one of my favorites. You know, I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities when it comes to our understanding of how aphasia impacts relationships. And that has been a great session to be able to talk about love after aphasia. Wow. So I want to type here in the chat so people can see it. Some sessions available. Couples. That I was just thinking about this today. And yeah. if we have time at the end, we'll we'll swing back around to this topic. Yeah. So you're saying, what what is it called again? Couples? Couples chat. Chat with aphasia. Okay. What else do you host? Let's see. I do a couple of caregiver sessions. And then I, I do a lot of little one-off sessions too. So if it's around the holidays, I'll do a holiday session, or I did a Kentucky Derby session in May, you know, just little stuff here and there. Do you also do the Aphasia 101? I do. Yes, that is one of mine as well. Okay, talk to us a little bit. So again, just for our listeners, we're talking about virtual connections. And I put the link in the chat so people can see it, but I'll also link to it in the show notes. And you oversee the program and you yourself as a speech pathologist host a variety of these classes. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about aphasia 101. What do you talk about in that one? You know, this one came to me just so organically and, and admittedly, it kind of knocked me between the eyes. I was on another session, just not even related to aphasia, you know, information at all. And someone raised their hand and asked me, what is apraxia? So I wrote it down and I explained it and I explained dysarthria and the difference between those and aphasia. And the conversation just erupted. I was getting so many questions about aphasia that 
admittedly, I felt kind of silly for having never addressed these things because I assumed that they knew this. That's right. And it just goes to show the lack of education that's being provided early on in the rehabilitation process. And that these people who have been living with aphasia for years and years don't even know what these terms are. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. probably were educated early on, but they're not in a place to understand it, to process it. Talking exactly. to so many of my caregivers, they are just surviving. They are just trying to, you know, get something to eat, something to drink and just one foot in front of the other. So early on in rehab, there probably was education. And maybe handouts went home. I've seen some of these booklets that come sure. home and that doesn't get touched. So it's, it is fascinating. I had, I've had a similar experience to what you described that getting hit between the eyes that like they don't have just fundamental information. Yes. yes. And you know, one of the questions that came up in this session and all of this was the birth of the aphasia 101 course. That's why I decided, you know, we need to have a basics aphasia information course on virtual connections every month. But one of the first questions that I got was my friend had a stroke and now can't move his arm or leg. What kind of aphasia is that? And that moment I thought, wow, we really need to go back to basics. You know, we really need to talk about what is, what is aphasia? What isn't aphasia? What does a stroke impact? You know, what are the other things that can occur with a stroke? And just be able to provide that information in an aphasia-friendly way so that they can have that on their journeys. In these sessions, would you, how would you say how many are people with aphasia? How many are care partners or spouses, friends, family, that kind of thing? Yeah, so our sessions are mostly people with aphasia. We do have sessions for care partners. We do always welcome care partners to join our sessions and to join with their loved ones, but it is mostly people with aphasia. Which I think is tremendous because so many of these support groups are aimed at care partners and not necessarily the person with aphasia. That's why I wanted to interview you today so we could talk about because Aphasia is so isolating. It is. It is. One of my current clients, I got him hooked up with virtual connections a couple of months ago, and awesome. he is loving it. Yeah. I forget some of the, I actually, I'm looking over here at my screen. I'm looking at, you've got aphasia resources mm -hmm. for your communication journey. You have aphasia in Espanol, mm -hmm. which I think is tremendous. Mm -hmm. Rebuilding identity. Huge. Cooking. Yes. He, wants to, he wants to attend the cooking <laughs> one because he loves cooking. Name that tune. Mm -hmm. So some really great opportunities for building connection and communication skills and knowing you're not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, our program was born out of COVID when a lot of aphasia centers or support groups around the country were forced to shut down. Then we were able to provide a virtual platform for people to be able to connect, which has been wonderful 
but I always preach on my sessions. Don't let virtual connections be your only community. Get out there, find your local support groups, find your local aphasia centers. You know, it's such an isolating condition. The more you can expand your social network, you know, get out there and do it. And, and we love, you know, collaborating with other aphasia centers and, and programs so that they can have their, their representation and their members supported as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's such a tough disorder. Uh, very much. So I, I mentioned my client who loves cooking and that he's been involved in virtual connections. He's thinking he wants to talk about Broadway musicals. Love it. How could he get involved? Does he have to be working with a speech pathologist? Well, he in this example, he is. He's got me. Right. How do other members get involved or other speech pathologists? Tell us more about that. Sure. So our program is run by volunteers. We have over 85 volunteers that help to run our sessions. We call them facilitators. And we are always welcoming new facilitators. So whether it be a speech pathologist, um, a person with aphasia, they're welcome to facilitate sessions, music therapists, occupational therapists. You know, we've, we've kind of expanded our, our facilitator offerings, which is great. But yeah, I mean, just shoot me an email and we can get you started on the onboarding process and we'd love to have you. Wow. Tell us a little bit about that onboarding process, because I think we're going to, I don't know a thing about Broadway musicals, <laughs> but I'm willing to learn. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, maybe I can help because I do love Broadway. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. The onboarding process is, is real easy. You come to an orientation with myself and the Virtual Connections Program Specialist. Her name is Candice, and she helps to organize all of our sessions and communicate with our facilitators and just make it run basically, but we will do the orientation and then we send you a few session recordings. We have you observe a few sessions, kind of get your feet wet okay. and then you are able to start facilitating whenever you're ready. Neat. Yeah. There was something else I noticed on virtual connections that my client pointed out to me and it was where people with aphasia are sharing their story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that has been really impactful. And mm -hmm. time and time again, our feedback that we receive from members is we love hearing other people with aphasia presenting because it is so inspiring. We, I know that you had Dr. Katie Strong on yes. a few weeks ago. She's amazing. And she's one of our facilitators and she does just that. She brings people with aphasia and students on to tell their stories and share about their journeys. And it's, it's always a very successful session. So what does that look like in reality? Somebody has like a little PowerPoint or they have pictures. Give us an example of what that storytelling looks like. It is, yep. It's usually a presentation of some sort. And the person with aphasia will come on. We call these member spotlights. The member will come on and they'll come on with the student that they've been working with in Katie's lab. And then those two will present, the person with aphasia presenting mostly and the student just there to support. Mm -hmm. And they'll click through their slides. They'll go through their you know old pictures and their pictures of themselves and their careers and in college and their children and their families. And it's just a really great session. And I've learned so much about our members by, by seeing those sessions, which has been great. 
Neat. Yeah. I'd like to see those as well. Yes. Now, I know that those participants that share their story are going through the story lab with students. Mm -hmm. Is there an opportunity for others, other folks with aphasia to share their story as well? Absolutely. I mean, we we will never turn away a session. Honestly, we we love having new ideas and and new sessions come on our our calendar. So, if someone wants to share their story, just give me a time and I'll put it on the books. Okay. Yeah. So I have one question. I'm getting them on text message. Sometimes that if you're not signed in, you can't put your questions directly into the chat. Okay. So Sarah is asking, my dad had a stroke. I want to attend with him. What do I need to tell him to try and encourage him to jump into one of these sessions? Because I know he would do great with it. Yes. Yes. Great question. Sarah, first of all, I'm so sorry that your, your father experienced this stroke. No one wants to come to virtual connections. No one wants to have aphasia, but we're a community and we're here for you on this journey. As far as attending your first session, first of all, you're welcome to come with him if that'll make him feel more comfortable. His speech therapist is welcome to come with him. I often recommend that speech therapists attend and build this in as part of their session. You know, this is life participation at its finest. So if you can attend with him, that might make him feel more comfortable. And then these big sessions, you know, some of our sessions can be a little overwhelming with 50 people in them. So, you know, turn your camera off, keep yourself muted. You're welcome to just observe the first few times until you feel ready to participate. Neat. Now, how can we find out, because it's something that I wasn't sure of looking at the website, how many participants are allowed in a particular session? And sometimes I've tried to join a session and it's full. Yes, yes. We are having that issue right now. We are working on some things to improve that. But because our program has grown a lot recently, we've been having our sessions fill faster. So we're hoping to start expanding our session offerings to be able to invite more people in, but mostly our sessions average about 30 to 40 people. That's a tremendous amount of people. Now, can those participants find connections with others in that group and could they follow up with them outside of virtual connections? Does that happen? Is there a facilitation process? What do you say about that? Absolutely. Yes. And this is another thing that I always say is, you know, when this Zoom call ends, don't let your friends go away with it. You know, keep these connections going because that's how to participate in life. So there's a few ways we can do that. First of all, we do have a virtual connections Facebook group where our members can join and, and continue the conversation and add each other. And then recently, Lingraphica launched something really amazing, which is called the Aphasia Community. It's just simply aphasia.com. And this is a wonderful website for people with aphasia, care partners, SLPs. You can go on and you can join forums. You can make friends. You can comment on each other's posts. You can see where other people with aphasia are nearby. And, and there's a lot of educational content on there as well. It's, it's just a really great website to follow up after you okay. join a virtual connections call. Neat. I'm putting yeah. that in here. Check 
out. You said aphasia.com. That's it. Easy to remember. Yep. Aphasia.com. And that offers what again? The aphasia community. Okay. Yep. Okay. Those are going to be all great links to put in the show notes. Fabulous. And then we have one more question that's come in. Ben is asking, I keep hearing about life participation. What is that? And can you tell me more about it? Yeah. Yeah. So the life participation approach to aphasia is a model of living successfully with aphasia. So we know that often aphasia can be a chronic condition. You know, it doesn't normally go away after you've had it for a few months, it sticks around. So the life participation approach is finding ways to engage in life, engage in those activities that that bring you joy and bring you fulfillment while also having aphasia. And Lingraphica is based off of this model. Aphasia Recovery Connection is based off of this model. And so obviously Virtual Connections is as well. And we just encourage everyone to find ways to live life even with your aphasia. That's right. Because you're here for a reason. You survived. And I think sometimes we have to celebrate that fact, even though life looks very different. It does. It does. It looks very different after aphasia, but it can still be beautiful after aphasia. That's right. Allie, let's wrap this and tell me what other burning information, what projects do you have coming up personally, professionally? What are you doing with your career? These kinds of fun questions. Yes, yes. Well, my next big endeavor is I'm going back to school. So I am starting my PhD in August. Wow. And I'm very excited. I'll be working under Jackie Hinckley, who is, you know, an incredibly accomplished within the aphasia world. And I am hoping to research and better understand, you know, just what we talked about earlier, how aphasia impacts love and relationships. Wow. Now that is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a ton of research on that. There isn't. And that's kind of what sparked this for me is I met a woman who, who her husband had a, a massive stroke and was you know severe in his aphasia. And I had been recently married and I realized, oh my gosh, what if I couldn't talk to my spouse? And I looked into the research and there really wasn't much out there. And I just think that that's such a missed opportunity. I mean, who do you talk to more than your spouse? So yeah, it's, it's definitely something I'm passionate about and I'm excited to explore. It was an interesting topic at the aphasia access Mm -hmm. conference. You know, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of discussion and I think this just wasn't coming to the forefront before like the development and And I won't call it mainstream yet because it's an in process, but the life participation approach, we've always, you know, how we're trained in school is about addressing the impairment and working on that talking if there is an apraxia or working on the comprehension. But there was less emphasis, you know, definitely when I was trained and I'm not sure about your training as well Mm -hmm. on looking at the whole person and the whole family. Yeah. And how do we help people thrive despite aphasia and related conditions? 
Exactly. Exactly. And you know, if you put yourself in your client's shoes, would I care if I can name 10 animals in a minute or would I care if I can tell my husband, I love you. Mm -hmm. And when you want to, when I want to, (laughs) yes, yes. Not every day, but you know, I know. Um, Right. Right. (laughs) No, I mean, it just, it just seems like such an opportunity there and I'm really excited to explore this. I've already had so many great ideas and, and concepts come up just in the couples chat that I facilitate on virtual connections. It's, you know, I'm learning from the experts themselves because they live it every day. That's right. Yes. I had a, a very interesting conversation with one of my care partners. She's a spouse mm-hmm. and she was saying one of the biggest things she misses is physical contact. Yes. When you're not doing caregiving tasks, how do you use physical contact to make that connection? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've been, you know, researching a little bit as well is, intimacy post-stroke and post-aphasia, you know, it looks very different. And even just, you know, holding hands with someone that you've been caring for all day, you know, it starts to take on more of a a patient and nurse feeling or even a mother-child feeling. And it, it can be really difficult to find the romance again after stroke. Of course, this isn't the case for, for every situation, but that's something that, that has been common in the literature. Neat. Well, we look forward to following your career as you progress through your PhD program. Don't be a stranger. We want to hear how you're doing and how your research is coming along and what you're learning so that we can get this out to the community every way possible. That's one that's part of my mission and why I started doing the show and the podcast and after we hang up, Allie, I'm actually doing an Instagram live for the first oh, time. I'm not a huge fan of social media, but it's one of those necessary, necessary opportunities to get the message out to the community and those who love someone with aphasia. Absolutely. It's a tool. You got to use what it's you can. And, and Instagram well, is great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Of uh, Virtual Connections is an amazing opportunity for our community to find that connection with other people. And thank you so much, Allie, for spending this time with us and telling us about what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. All right, folks, we're going to say goodbye to Allie and sign off here. Everybody have a fabulous day. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.